those uh, of you who are new this morning, we've been doing a study uh, for the past several weeks on God is love, but he hates. And so we have uh, been working systematically through these verses of Proverbs 6, 16 to 19. And the reason that we're doing this is there's such a perverted view of the gospel of Jesus Christ and such a, a perverted view of the Lord uh, God the Father and His uh, nature and His uh, uh, working with mankind. And so uh, in this generation, probably as no other generation, the term God is love has been construed to mean anything that uh, the individual wants it to mean. And so we've had a very insightful study the last several weeks, and we want to uh, work through this. This is the last uh, study of this. Next week I'll begin a new Bible study uh, which will run for several weeks, uh, entitled uh, Precious Blood of Jesus Christ from 1 Peter 1.19, and working through several uh, facets of Scripture. So uh, if uh, we could get this uh, read out loud, I want somebody to volunteer. Nick would like to do that for us. While he's uh, getting that ready, I want you to get ready for me in this section, Exodus 17, 11, and 12. Uh, if uh, Roger Holloman will do that, 1 Corinthians 12.12. 12. Uh, Mick would like to do that. Romans uh, 15.30, Don Galati. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3.9, is it uh, uh, Jimmy Ferentz? And Psalms 133, 1-3. Gina, if you'd like to get that for me. So, uh, this morning as we lock in on our uh, text and the understanding, uh, we want to uh, uh, get the, the uh, title... Uh, the, the one thing that God hates, we've been moving through, we've dealt with six issues that God hates. And this uh, uh, is very plainly spoken in the scripture. You can't uh, twist that or make it to mean anything other than it does mean. And the final uh, statement we want to examine is he that sows discord among brethren. And so all of these things God has worked through pride, uh, a liar, a false witness we took last week and so on. And so uh, we want to work through that. One of the chief tools and strategies that the devil uses is division. If he can divide and separate believers one from another, their witness is greatly uh, uh, damaged and it is uh, negated. And many times believers are overcome. There is a principle uh, that God has put in all of creation, and this is true, uh, not only in society, not only true in human nature, it's not only true in in, um, in uh, uh, industry, uh, and etc., and that's, a, that's a, the principle which is known as synergism. This means that uh, the sum total of, uh, of uh, uh, the parts working together is more than uh, each of them taken individually. In other words, you can take the labor of one person, you can um, uh, analyze that, <coughs> you can uh, know how much that is quantitatively, you can then take another person, you can um, uh, measure their ability or uh, output quantitatively, and, uh, and uh, you'll have the sum of something. But if they both work together, they accomplish ten times as much as each of them working separately. And so this is true in the kingdom of God, and this is why uh, the devil is busily at work, because this is a uh, law of nature and science. It's a potent element for the church of Jesus Christ in carrying out our responsibility and our task of world evangelism. So we want to look closely at this text from the Old Testament, uh, Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. If I could have that out loud, Nick. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. 
iniquity. These six things the Lord hates, and the seventh is an abomination, he that sows discord among brethren. First of all, we want to examine a few scriptures on corporate action, and, uh, and uh, there's a vivid imagery given us in the Bible. Exodus 17, 11, and 12. If I could have that, please. Okay, this is the uh, famous conflict in Exodus 17. Very important truth and principle that is there, the battle against Amalek. Moses lifts his hands up to God uh, in intercession. And as long as his hands were lifted up, Israel prevailed. There's a battle raging in the valley below. And the Bible says as long as he had his hands up to God, that the uh, uh, Israelites prevailed. They drove back the enemy. They were uh, defeating them. But Moses became very tired as the battle raged on. And uh, when he put his hands down to rest, then Amalek began to prevail. And so he gets a rock, sets on the rock. Aaron and Hur come. And they hold his hands up, and it affects the same power, a supernatural intervention and energizing from God by the Spirit of the Lord. And Israel prevails, drives back, and gains the victory. So here's the tremendous truth that can be applied all through the kingdom of God, and especially the church of Jesus Christ, and especially in leadership responsibility, that when uh, others will come to support, uphold, and to uh, help, then it greatly amplifies what God will do in kingdom, uh, in kingdom ministry, in kingdom uh, dominion. So that's a very vivid imagery. First Corinthians 12, 12, we see this carried out in a little different uh, illustration in the New Testament. Okay, here's the imagery. We don't want to read the entire scripture. You can follow it out. Paul goes to a, a lengthy and extensive uh, treatise in 1 Corinthians uh, 12 to explain the necessity of each person in the body of Jesus Christ and to explain that none of these are exclusive to themselves. Uh, 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 American Christianity is very strange in many places because American Christianity is, is, uh, is uh, founded on the John Wayne principle. Doesn't need anybody but a 30-30. He, he, can, he can hold off armies. Right. It's the Lone Ranger. And so that's totally uh, contrary to the teaching of the Bible, which teaches that the body needs each member working together. And Paul goes to an extensive uh, uh, treatise there to explain uh, the, the principle of the body working together to accomplish the task of Jesus Christ and says the church working together actually becomes the body of Jesus Christ. Romans 15, verse 30. Right, here's the Apostle Paul. He's writing to the Romans. He's giving them instruction concerning prayer. He's urging them that they would pray together. The key word is together. This is one of the great phrases in the New Testament, uh, and you can do your own research on that if you'll follow out that whole thing. And so uh, it teaches us again that uh, there is a power uh, when people join themselves together in common cause. Uh, this is how all the Commonwealth teachings, the British Empire, and uh, and America is founded upon the same principle that working together we will accomplish a goal. But divided into little ethnic groups and little common, uh, a little special interest group, will disintegrate exactly what we see happening to America today on a social and a political realm. Uh, we were formed together under the Commonwealth principle. That is that our individual preferences are submerged for the good of the whole. 
And that's carried forward in the church of Jesus Christ uh, in tremendous power in Revelation. 1 Corinthians 3.9. Here the Apostle Paul, just to give a brief thing, he gives a, 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 the, a, the imagery of a field and also of a building, and he gives that keyword, fellow workers, leaving us that imagery of the accomplishment and the ability of people working together. And then the capstone of all of this, Psalms 133, 1 through 3, uh, which is one of the most powerful uh, imageries and, uh, and, and bears... Uh, on the truth presently at hand, Psalms 133, 1 through 3, uh, which is a keystone to the entire uh, kingdom of God. Okay, he uh, says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Then begins to speak of the anointing of Aaron, uh, and the anointing of Aaron. Uh, there's an anointing where the oil ran down upon his beard, uh, and uh, a, a, a lavish outpouring of God's grace and anointing, and then brings this into the reality of God's working on the behalf of human beings. How many of you need God's help? Anybody here need God's help? I, I desperately do. Wisdom, understanding, grace and favor, uh, provision, uh, uh, guidance through all the minefields of life. Desperate that God would undertake, and, and the Scripture promises that if we will labor at and put forth an effort to and accomplish this uh, uh, working together, this synergism that this releases... Uh, gracious and wonderful anointing. Somebody's going to undoubtedly quote the scripture uh, that the Apostle Paul gives, and that is, uh, if it be possible, live in peace with all men. Because it's not possible to live together with all men, regardless of what you do. If you've got a rebel, no apology is quite enough. If you have a person who is, uh, uh, is unwilling to forgive, there's no way you're going to overcome that. There has to be a giving in the human heart. There has to be grace, forgiveness, tolerance, Tolerance is a great word. You know what tolerance is? How many of you know what tolerance is? Okay. Tolerance enables you to survive uh, living among the human race without uh, disintegrating. And so uh, what's the great uh, emperor? Uh, it was Frederick the Great said that uh, uh, the more I get to know about people, the more I love my dog, you know? <laughs> And it's Peanuts, that great comic uh, 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 character that gives us deep, profound revelation in the Scripture, who said, uh, the world, I love the world, is the people I hate. <laughs> and so the difficulty that we have is right here at this point. And so we're going to get down to the nitty-gritty. And uh, let's look uh, for a moment at the devil's aim to separate. I want Proverbs 16 through 28 right in this section here. Uh, Casey, I need Proverbs 17, 9. Somebody help me here quickly. And that's Steve, if you'll get Proverbs 17.9. You have to understand now, knowing this, that it is the devil's aim. If, if this is true then, what we've just read, that there's a power beyond ourselves, there's a gracious undertaking and, and, and glory of God that powerfully moves and gives us an anointing, a grace, an endowment beyond ourselves, then the devil is going to do everything he can to stop that from happening. Isn't that correct? He's going to he's going to keep us at our own uh, pace, at our own abilities, and uh, each of you know how powerful you are uh, in your own uh, in your own self. You know that. I don't have to ask you because uh, I don't want to embarrass myself or you either. If we're left to ourselves, bad news. 
But if we can join together with brethren, we can see a wonderful thing accomplished in the kingdom of God. So the devil's aim is to separate. Proverbs sixteen twenty-eight. All right, we're getting down now to where uh, the rubber meets the road. A perverse man sows strife, and a whisperer separates chief friends. Now think about that for a moment, how that's going to work out. Proverbs seventeen nine. He who covers transgressions uh, uh, does what? Seeks love. But he that... What? You've got to memorize these when you move through, Steve. <laughs> Seeks peace. Okay? So here we have... Uh, uh, each of us as human beings, we have the ability to glean information. God gave us a mind, one of the most dangerous things on earth. Amen. But it's a necessity. And uh, we have the ability to analyze. We have the ability to look. We have the ability to come to conclusions. And so the difficulty with this is that each of us uh, will come into possession of information that is detrimental to some other human being. Right? Now, life is navigated successfully depending on what you do with this. And the Bible says that love covers transgressions. Isn't that right? We don't have to tell everybody everything we know. Right? Telephone? Tell a woman? So, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Discord and strife is a powerful dynamic. And so I want Proverbs 6, 12 through 15 over on my right side. That's uh, Michael. Uh, is this Pete Baker? I want Proverbs 26, 20. I want Leviticus uh, 19, 16, and 17. Hugh, I want Proverbs 17, 14. Somebody like to get that for me. Is Roger Holloman again. All right. So, discord is a word that's going to give us an imagery, and uh, this is a powerful uh, dynamic. This is a strife uh, uh, in its manifestation, and so the imagery here is the sowing of a seed. The sowing of a seed uh, brings discord. Uh, this word discord means a contest, means brawling or quarrel. Or to speak by words a seed that would spring up and cause discord. So Proverbs six twelve through fifteen. If you'd read that out loud for me. Okay, here's a picture. Uh, it comes out of Proverbs. I, I, in this study, I'm astonished at how about uh, how much Proverbs has to do with words. And so here's the stirring up of strife, the causing of discord. Proverbs twenty six verse twenty. Where no wood is, the fire goes out. This is a imagery, moves from a, a, a simile or metaphor, and uh, says where there's no uh, tail bear, strife ceases. So that here's the prophet. He gets it right down to the nitty-gritty and brings it down to the human problem. Leviticus 19, 16 and 17. Okay, here's clear back in Leviticus uh, in the law. Uh, this has begun to be spelled out and a warning about that. Proverbs seventeen fourteen. So here he gives an imagery. It's like a, a little leak in a canal bank and a little bit of water begins to trickle out. 
But as soon as it begins to flow, it cuts a larger channel. The next thing you know, you've got an entire breach and the current is overflowing. And so it speaks of uh, this uh, imagery of sowing strife by words. It says his words are as inflammable in producing strife and contentions among his neighbors as fire is in igniting stubble. Now let's analyze this for a moment. This doesn't mean that you are to never make any conclusion, analysis. Uh, that you are to unhook your brain, you're uh, to live in a vacuum, but it's what you do with this. And there are uh, circumstances that are uh, you cannot avoid becoming involved, but the issue is that there's many things that you do not have to become involved in and you don't have to, para, uh, uh, to, uh, to uh, carry forward. So let's have a couple, three more scriptures, and we'll open for uh, discussion. Proverbs 11, 13, over on my left. Somebody like to get that. Uh, Joel... Proverbs 18.8, Bill, and Proverbs 20.19, Mac. And so a talebearer is one who carries information. Now, and and so's discord. A talebearer is one who carries information and spins it to ingratiate himself to another. This is what a talebearer is. Uh, It's a person who uh, comes in, uh, gets some information, and uh, I'm going to read a little poem and a little tale in a minute. And he says, uh, uh, you know, I, uh, uh, I don't believe what everybody's saying about you. Immediately, your ears pick up, right? <laughs> what are they saying about me? Well, you know, I don't really, I, I shouldn't, I don't want to tell you this. And so by that time, you've already got him by the throat. You're forcing an answer. What, what is it? What is it? And so then, well, I don't believe this. I don't believe this is true. But this is what so-and-so is saying. Are you following me? That's what a talebearer is. It's a person who picks up comments, spins it for their own advantage, uh, oftentimes gives it a different twist that will suit their own purpose to ingratiate themselves or find favor with another. Proverbs eleven thirteen. A talebearer conceals secrets. Right? Reveal secrets. A talebearer revealed secret, but he who is of a faithful spirit conceals the matter. Okay, and as I say again, there are circumstances where you're involved, you uh, have to uh, do justice, you have to put things right, but there are many things that you don't have to say anything about. Isn't that correct? I've heard many, many things through the years that uh, never went beyond me. Worked on out. It's not crucial to survival. Uh, it's not, uh, it's not uh, make or break, uh, but the, the died with me. No one's ever heard anything about it but me. Proverbs 18.8. Okay, here's, uh, here's the uh, uh, two uh, imageries are there. One is that the words of a tail bear, uh, they don't just bounce off. They have profound effect on the inner personality of a human being. And on the other hand, there are people who love to have a tail bear come around because they can get some uh, little tidbits of gossip and they chew around on these. They love these. Uh, what's new? Uh, what do you mean, what's new? Well, you got any new dirt? That's what they really mean. Right? Okay. So uh, let's move on. And Proverbs 2019. Okay. <laughs> that gets pretty potent. And, you, and then there's a character trait that begins to come out. Over on uh, the, the, uh, the, tr- the scripture we had over here, it describes a charismatic personality, someone who's very personable, 
Uh, they teach with their fingers. They wink with their eyes. They, they've always got the chatter going. And so they generally fit into that kind of uh, category. And that's the person who says you... Uh, and, and, but they always have good things to say about you. They always flatter you. I want to be really careful of folks who always say good things about you every time they meet you because you're not that good. I know you think you are, but you're not. That doesn't mean you shouldn't ever give uh, compliments to anyone. Uh, and it's not talking about your wife. You need to say everything that you can ever think of about your wife. You need to say that to her good things. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about folks who every time they, they, uh, they see you, say, you know, you, man, you, this is an outstanding fellow. You just, uh, boy, you preach good. Your teaching's the best there is in the world. Uh, you are so handsome. You are, be really cautious of those kind of people. Don't believe it. Because they also will turn and do exactly the opposite, which is what uh, Mac has read in the scripture. Okay, so he who troubles the peace of a family, one commentator said, of a village, of the state, all who by lies and misrepresentations strive to make men's minds evil affected toward their brethren. This is the person who sows discord. And then we need one more scripture. Proverbs 22.10. Would somebody get this right in here? Proverbs 22.10. Uh, Pete Baker, maybe you'd get that for us. Proverbs 22.10. And uh, then we're going to open for discussion. Proverbs 22, verse 10. Cast out the scorner, and contentions will go out. Yes, strife and contentions will cease. Memorize that. It's a powerful truth. Okay, let's open for a moment because I don't want to move through this until this is all digested. Uh, can somebody uh, give some comment or question? You don't understand what we're talking about this morning. Anybody here don't understand what we're talking about? Uh, Wayne? In the what? Yes, okay. Right. Crew resource management what he's talking about. Okay. We'd appreciate getting that. Okay. So uh, I was in, I think it was when I was in London uh, in August, uh, there was a Learjet. I believe that's where it was. I was uh, there was a Learjet, and uh, they came in and were making a landing, and the two pilots got into a fight as they were landing. And if I'm not mistaken, it was a fatality. Uh, to at least one of them as they overshot the runway and crashed uh, the plane, perfectly good plane, perfectly clear day, nothing, pr uh, no problem of any kind, but they got into fight right as they were trying to put the plane on the ground. So that's exactly what he's talking about, but that has great application in the kingdom of God. Very good, Wayne. Anybody else? Woody could probably, where's Woody at? Where's Woody? Yeah, okay. Woody uh, can concur with this. Anything to add to that, Woody? Here's a pilot. That's why you're a co-pilot. That's right. I missed that. Say that again. Well, I perceive there's a man's headed for supervisor. Because you're Christians. Yeah, you're Christians. Right, that ought to be enough. <laughs> Most of them have trouble getting along. Somebody has to be in charge, Right. Somebody has to set the pace, and then you all have to sub subordinate to the interest of the whole, which is you're going to minister. Okay? Very good. 
Anybody else have any illustrations before we move on? Music groups. Outreach teams. John, you don't ever have any problems on the impact teams, do you? Never. (laughs) Because after all, these are Christians. See, in Christians, uh, automatically, everything comes. It just flows because we all love each other. And uh, it's sufficient to be a believer in Jesus Christ, isn't it? No, it's not. Because these principles have to apply. You got any, uh, you got any real insight to give us, John? John's a, a frequent uh, impact team leader. No. Can you believe that? You mean they would go on a gorilla team to further romance? Boy, I tell you what. Now, Pastor Renz and I would never suspect this. This is why we call the list very carefully and put names on vans, and this is where they'll go and this is where they'll stay. You don't have a Democratic council within your family? A male chauvinist pig. That's what I said. <laughs> Okay. How many children do you have? Three. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm surprised you have that trouble with only three. But uh, I'm in full accord with you, Victor. But uh, you'll notice now, you're, you're in the good years. They're just small little fellows. When they get uh, to the age of 13, immediately a shift comes. Okay? And uh, even when they're young, they're expert psychologists. And they've learned already. They have a degree by the age of seven. And, and they're able to pit the mother and the father against each other to get their will by the very principle that we have here. Twisting the information to get their self-will. Uh, Gail Lamb. So not entering the arena that the rest of the employees are doing, which is, they, this, this happens in the marketplace. I worked for years uh, before I was a preacher. And uh, this is a common thing, is this, uh, this, this ambition to climb. You jerk somebody else down, you cause dissension in the job, and you're always promoting and, and so on. And so uh, it's a constant, uh, absolute, uh, uh, maddening thing that goes on uh, because life ought to be, you know, if you just mind your own business, right? You do good, right? You don't hurt anybody. It ought to go smooth, but it doesn't. Because this thing flows in society all the time. So I want to move through this. I want to finish. I want three more scriptures, uh, or two more scriptures. Uh, and I want needed somebody with a loud, clear voice in James 3, 1 through 18. What is it, Woody? Okay, real loud, clear voice. James 3, 1 through 18. I need one, uh, James 1. 26 through 27. And so everything that you hear in life, it's, you're not required to publish this. Do you know that? Okay. Everything you hear in life, you're not required to, to, to uh, publish it. And everyone uh, in life has made some unwise statements or made some criticisms that, that uh, ought not to be passed on or shouldn't be passed on. But here's the great text on the tongue, James 3, 1 through 18 gives us the most dangerous weapon on earth. Read it in a loud, clear voice. Uh, uh, 
Okay, in James 1, 26 and 27. I give that to anybody? Oh, Pete Baker, maybe you'd like to get it for me. If any man among you seems to be religious and does not put a control on his tongue. Okay, here's a little uh, uh, treatise that uh, is not new, but I uh, researched this and found it in my old notes. It says she was a sweet woman, apparently, always in and out of people's houses, helping where necessary. It wasn't a happy street. There were feuds, misunderstandings, and bad feelings. Then the sweet lady moved. It took time to realize uh, what had happened, but suddenly it dawned on every, uh, everybody that there were not nearly so many feuds and misunderstandings. I heard this story from one of them. I, and, uh, quote, without your realizing it, she told me she stirred up bad feelings. And none of us realized it until she went. It was so, it was so little. Let me help you clean up, Mrs. Jones. I know they say you're no housekeeper, but I won't hear a word about you. Or, I don't think your little boy is simple. I think he's quite bright, but then you mustn't listen to all you hear. So, this is the new hat you bought that they're telling me about. Well, why shouldn't you spend on yourself? It's your money. It's unnerving in a community, a family, or church to be told. I won't let them say a word against you. I don't believe a word, they say. Here's the crux of the problem. And it gets down to the nitty-gritty. I want a couple more scriptures before we open this. Uh, and Bible warning. I want 1 Timothy 5.13 right in this section. Somebody help us. Steve Garfield. I want 2 Thessalonians 3.11. 2 Thessalonians 3.11. Quickly, uh, Denny. Uh, uh, Chalmers. I can't think of your, your first name. 1 Peter 4.15. Robert, is that right? Robert Chalmers. 1 Peter 4.15. And I want 1 Thessalonians 4.11. Anybody? Uh, Steve Hernandez. 1 Thessalonians 4.11. Here's the crux of the problem, and here is the major difficulty. Uh, I preached a whole sermon about this a few years ago. And it's people who mind everybody else's business. This is a, a bad bad thing to do. And in the Church of Jesus Christ, it uh, comes under the guise of spiritual concern, comes under the guise of trying to help, comes under the guise of trying to uh, protect, etc. But it's a Bible term for its busybodies. First Timothy 5.13. Got to underline that and uh, uh, do a little thinking about that. Second Thessalonians 3.11. We hear that there's some uh, wandering about, not working, but are busy bodies. And then uh, uh, Robert, 1 Peter 4.15. A busy body in other men's matters. Anybody ever remember a sermon I preached called MYOB? Mind your own business. They're folks that uh, they want to, they're matchmakers. You know, folks are going to, they're going to die without getting married unless you help them along. But the difficulty is, this causes major, major upheavals. First Thessalonians 4.11. As 
Okay, so busybody, which in Bible terms, it's, uh, it's wandering from house to house. Uh, but you see, they don't have to do that today because we've got telephones now. You're not smiling. And we've got email now. Tell you what, that email, that's a marvelous little instrument. You can uh, pass gossip around the world. Pennies. Cost almost nothing. Stacks up. My wife and I were just talking this morning. Well, the problem with email is that you get ten tons of stuff you don't want. Because everybody thinks that you need this or you want that or this is it. And in it comes because uh, it's in your letterbox. Okay. Uh, Stirring up dissension. Let's get one more scripture. Uh, Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Uh, Don Galati, would you get that for me? Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, you know, get them, Pastor. Go get them. You don't want those fornicators around. Go ahead. Uncleanness, lewdness. Uncleanness, lewdness. We hate that. Idolatry. Idolatry. Get those, get those crucifixes off. Yep. Okay. Sorcery. Sorcery. Hatred. Hatred. Contentions. Contention. Jealousies. Jealousy. Outbursts of wrath. Outbursts of wrath. Selfish ambition. Selfish ambition. Dissensions. Dissensions. Heresies. Heresies. Envy. Envy. Murders. Murders. Drunkenness. Drunkenness. Revelries. Revelries. And the like. And the like. Of which I tell you beforehand. Of which I tell you beforehand. <laughs> just as I also told you in time past. That those who practice such things. That those who practice such things. <laughs> will. Will. <laughs> Not. <laughs> Enter the kingdom of God. Right? Okay. Thanks, Don. So now let's go back to our scripture in Proverbs 6. Here we have these profound statements. God is love. He indeed is. Thank God for that. None of us would exist today. It is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. His mercy does not fail. They're fresh every morning, just like the sun. Isn't that right? But the Bible says there's some things that really do make God mad. And one of those is sowing discord among brethren. So let's open it. We've got about three or four uh, minutes for comments, question. Uh, Pete Walter didn't gain anything, but the, the, the person himself trying to make himself look better, which is what sowing discord is all about, is to ingratiate yourself, gain favor with another person by uh, the sharing of information, which may or may not be uh, exactly true. Uh, is, uh, we run into this in pastoral changes uh, quite frequently. A pastor goes in and uh, immediately, in every congregation, when there's a pastoral change, there's uh, several dissidents. They will immediately make their way to him and say, I hated that guy. He was this, he was that, he was something else. And so the pastor uh, that's incoming thinks that he's 
got a handle up on things and said, yeah, I agree with you. That's what he was. He was, this, he was that. Preaches a few things. Maybe the, past, uh, the pastor's made a mistake. He thinks he's going to ingratiate himself with the people. And, but there's two things that pastors need to learn. Number one is that uh, most of those people really love that pastor, regardless of what mistake he made. That's the first lesson. And the second lesson you learn is, if they'll talk about him, they'll talk about you. Amen. Just exactly what you're talking about, Pete. And so, uh, he that sows discord among brethren, God hates. Next week, we're going to a new study, the precious blood of Jesus. You won't want to miss it.